Welcome, friends, to another episode of Leadosophy. You're here with an open mind because that's the rule, not the exception. I love saying that. I've had a lot of episodes on open mind and closed minds. Put that to bed for a little bit. Today's episode will be fairly short. I want to talk about a couple things, kind of recap a couple things from my discussion with ship captain Ryan Leo. He brought up a couple really, really good leadership nuggets and management nuggets about systems and processes, making hard decisions, communication points, such as listening. So I want to just talk about a few things about that. And then I want to introduce a book called The Leader's Leaders Handbook by Peter Schultz. It's a book on systems thinking. It's a very easy to read book, a very easy way to understand systems which is kind of a paradox because systems are very, can be very complex within the organization. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution. You are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of Leadosophy, Tim Wood. Welcome back, everyone, to Leadosophy. Again, open mind, open mind, open mind. So I had the conversation with Ryan Leo last week. It's on YouTube, it's on iTunes or it's on, you know, podcast of your choice, whatever you want. And I come back to the fundamental question for myself. Did I deepen my understanding of leadership? And I think I can say unequivocally, I did. There were definitely a few areas and I had to go back and, and kind of listen to it when you're interviewing somebody and I'm kind of new. I'm really new at interviewing. When you're interviewing in the middle of a podcast, and you have all the technical side stuff. Sometimes it's it's difficult to fully immerse yourself in the conversation. So I had to go back. I wanted to go back and listen to it because um, I knew there's some really dense things he talked about. Ryan talked about that I wanted to revisit so I could deepen my understanding. Uh, the first thing I made I made some notes for today. Uh, the first thing Ryan talked about that stuck out to me was well we we talked about this together. There are no universal truths in leadership. As soon as you think you have pinned down a universal truth where something is always true, no matter, regardless, time and space, it doesn't matter. I think in the world of leadership, even some of the things that seem like it always be, is true can kind of get upended. So, you know, we talked about that. And I think that's why I always say deeping, deepening my understanding of leadership instead of trying to find some, some truths. Because when I just try to understand more, it can, I think that improves my knowledge base of leadership, of management, and followership. So from that standpoint, throughout the conversation with Ryan, I don't think either of us discovered any universal truths in leadership, and I don't think that was our intention. And I think we, we stated that very explicitly up front, which I like. I like. We both were under the understanding that we were going to share knowledge uh, listen to one another. I was trying to ask as many meaningful questions as I can, as I could. And, and so I'm getting better at that. It's not always not always easy. I think the organic conversation 
is the best. I had some pre kind of pre-scripted questions that I wanted Ryan to to talk about. And I, I think that led us into some other spinoff questions, which, which I think we were able to go deeper in, in a few subjects, especially about communication and leadership, uh, especially shipboard leadership, which, which Ryan is immersed in. And that leads me to talk about listening. You know, I asked Ryan about his experiences in the organizational leadership program at Gonzaga. And Ryan told me, or told the audience, that before his master's program at Gonzaga, he didn't listen very well. And I thought that was very, very humbling of him to say, and very, very astute of, of him to realize and to take that understanding away over a two-year curriculum. And now he deliberately focuses on that in the workplace, on his ship, with his crews. And I think that goes to practice, you know, practicing leadership the more you deliberately try to practice something, I think the the more it starts to become subconsciously second nature. And I'm curious if Ryan is experiencing that now, if he just listens more without thinking about it. I think maybe that's a question for, for another day, another time. He brought up the, the point about making hard decisions, the time where he had to keep his ship from leaving the dock because of a broken air conditioning problem that affected his entire crew their health and well-being, their mental fitness. If you're traveling across the ocean to a place in the middle of summertime, especially into the Middle East, you have to have air conditioning on your ship. It's, it's a must. Can you imagine what would have happened if, if Ryan's ship would have sailed from Texas to the Middle East with no air conditioning on a ship? What about the quality of life for his crew, for the people that he's responsible for? That could have caused some serious issues, and, and Ryan had multiple multiple things he had to deal with while making that call. He had the pressures from, from the company, potential pressures. Uh, Ryan you know, made the point that, that his, his, his boss that he talked to to make that call to, to cancel the trip until the air conditioning was fixed was very understanding. And, and in Ryan's world, the, in the shipping world, time is money. I said that on his podcast. Time is money. Anytime your ship sits at the dock longer than it's supposed to, that's money. That's money for the company, for the shipping companies. So those are real leadership pressures from above. Not so much below, or yes, I guess, I guess below too with the crew and, and obviously their, their, their well-being. But the pressure to, to leave the dock on time can affect the leader's decision downward. Those are real, real issues. So that was really, that was really interesting to hear his story on that. And just the unpopular decision sometimes as a leader, whether it's unpopular for people above you or unpopular for people below you, um, you're always going to have an unpopular decision. Leadership is a grind, man. You know, I, I, my wife and I talk about this all the time. You know, it's not glamour and glitz. Leadership is just the daily grind of making decisions, acting, trying to make decisions that benefit the most people or benefit, you know, the company as a whole, financially, whatever it might be. And it's sometimes even the smallest decisions can be really difficult. You know, I, I was writing some stuff the other day about, about leadership and kind of maybe like an inspirational message that I hope to release this week. And that is, why do you want to be a leader? I mean, it's hard. It's tough. 
you know, is it the parking spot? Is it the prestige and the honor that goes with it? No, hopefully not. Because man, it's, 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 it's a daily grind. It's fun. It's fun when you are learning alongside other people, when you are showing people how to do something, when you are mentoring and you see things click. I mean, that's the real joy of leadership and sharing in those human relationships, creating human relationships that, that, that grow. And then those people grow and become leaders. Now that's the fun stuff about leadership, but just the daily, I guess more of the process management side of leadership, you know, just trying to do the best for, for as many people as you can. It's, it's not always easy and you're not always the popular person. So that's another thing I took away from, from my conversation with Ryan. Something profound that he said that I still think about. He said, he talked about the true kind of like, and to me this was like the essence of leadership. He talked about when leadership is really happening, you don't know it's happening. So, so think about that for a second. Do you agree with that? When leadership is ongoing in the moment of leadership, you don't even know what's happening. And I think about times in my Coast Guard career where maybe someone reached out to me six months later, two years later, after we were no longer at the same unit. And they said, hey, thanks for this. I really appreciate your leadership on this, your, your mentorship on this. So maybe those are the times where when you're just kind of in in the heat of the moment of showing people how to do something, paying attention to their, to their problems, their concerns, their anxieties, their fears, listening, maybe not trying to give them the right answer, but just being a good listener like Ryan talked about. Maybe those are the real leadership moments that I guess sometimes maybe we can take for granted, but we don't realize the impact on someone else. So maybe that's what Ryan was, maybe not what Ryan was meaning, but maybe my understanding of what he was talking about, about leadership, you're not knowing it's happening as it's happening. So I thought that was really, really profound. And then the last point I want to talk about, which is going to lead me into the introduction of a book by Peter Schultz, is Ryan talked about systems and processes and checklists on his ship. Tried and true, they work. You follow them for a reason because they keep people safe. They keep the equipment operating properly. I thought that, I thought that tied in nicely back to a couple weeks ago when I talk about there's, there are times where as a leader, it is beneficial to have a closed mind. And when it comes to processes and systems that are extremely effective, and I'm not saying they can't be approved upon, but when they, when they prevent people from getting hurt, and they keep the equipment functioning, a system and process, systems and processes are, are extremely important. So I, I really like that. Here's a, if you're not, if you're not watching, little sip of coffee here, the elixir of, of leadosophy. The lifeblood here in the engine room keeps it running. So yeah, systems and processes, I thought was a, a very good discussion, Ryan. Ryan brought up. And again, that's we that's that what that's what led us into the management versus leadership discussion, managing those processes, leading leading people, leading people through processes. And those can be effective processes 
or completely dysfunctional processes. So that leads me into a book I want to introduce. And if you're watching, you can see it. It's called The Leader's Handbook, A Guide to Inspiring Your People and Managing the Daily Workflow. And it is written by Peter R. Schultz. And he was the author of the best-selling book on teams, The Team Handbook. There are five, and if, if you're not, if you've never really immersed yourself in, in kind of the studies or the theory behind systems thinking, it's, it can be kind of complex, but it's really, it's kind of taking away some of the ownership of people's failures. And I may completely butcher this, but taking some, some of the ownership of, of people's failures within the system and placing more blame on the processes that people are responsible for manipulating or that they have to deal with or they have to work through. So for example, if you, you know, if you work in the healthcare industry and you have a failure, uh, you have a human error failure, you know, in, in wherever it is, whether it's in the pharmaceutical side or in the delivering uh, patient care side uh, in their room, maybe it's a wrong dosage or whatever it might be. Instead of, immediately going to blaming the person. It's taking a quick step back and saying, okay, did we have a process failure here? Was there some sort of process that was uh, not very effective? Or there were mistakes built into the process that led to the human error? Uh, and this goes back also to my time of investigating boating mishaps, right? In the Coast Guard, when we had uh, Coast Guard boats that got into an accident. We would go in and we'd try to pull that accident apart and try to find out where the error, the failure points were. What were the failure points? It's looking at the systems and the processes that were in place, not just the human error side, you know, the, the boat driving mistake or whatever it might be, but the systems and processes that were in place that could have put the human in the position to make an error, to make a mistake. That's, that's kind of thinking more into in systems and not so much people failure, right? And do people make mistakes? I mean, we're human, right? James Reason, uh, famous quote, to err is human, right? We're infallible. We will continue to be infallible until the end of human existence. So again, really like that system discussion, that process checklist discussion with Ryan. There's a couple, there's five quotes I want to read from Peter Schultz on systems thinking that I want to leave you with and just kind of let you ruminate on. And again, highly recommend this book. It's super awesome. The first quote in this chapter is, this the subchapter is 47 Habits of Pretty Good Leaders. So number one, Peter says, leaders need to understand the organization systemically. Clearly understanding the purpose of any undertaking, then understanding the interactions and interdependencies between the parts that result either in the achievement or in the failure to achieve that purpose. All output, desired or undesired, is the net result of the system and its interactions, not the people and their inadequacies. So again, as a leader, if there's problems in the workplace, if people are making mistakes, if 
service quality is substandard. What are the processes that might be inducing that? Where are the errors in the processes? Whether designed error, which can happen, begin, again, humans are designing systems and processes, right? We're not talking about natural systems, systems in nature. We're talking about systems and processes in the workplace. Human designed, humans can design error into those processes. Even checklists can be, can be bad. There can be mistakes in checklists. There can be things on checklists that shouldn't be there. There should be things added to checklists that are not there, right? So it's not the people and their inadequacies. It's the systems and processes. Look to the processes first, right? The second one, second quote. This is one of my favorite. Changing the system will change what people do. Changing what people, changing what people do will not change the system. As a leader, your default mindset may not, it may not be beneficial to have your default mindset is I need to fix this person. I need to fix this person. And I'm not saying that always holds true. However, again, fix the processes and that'll fix what people do. The people are manipulators of the processes. Think about how many dysfunctional processes might be in the organization, your organization, previous organization. How many workarounds do employees try to find because something's not working correctly or they don't have this piece of equipment? Just think about last episode. I talked about giving your people knowledge, tools, and resources, right? If they don't have the proper knowledge, if they don't have the proper tools and resources, they are going to either make mistakes, they're going to fail, or they're going to find workarounds. And when the workarounds don't work and they make a mistake, sometimes leaders can have a tendency to blame the person. Again, systems and processes first, not trying to fix the person. The next quote by Peter Schultz, all the teamed up, accountable, empowered, incentivized, motivated, and paid for performance people you can muster cannot compensate for a dysfunctional system. Speaks for itself. The next quote, and again, this is systems, talking about systems and processes. Leaders need to understand the importance of participation and the involvement of people when solving problems and planning change. Participation results in better decisions, solutions, and improvements. Excluding people and stealthful or coercive approaches to change do great harm to the organization and its people. I want to talk about the first part of that quote. How many times do leaders have grand ideas? They have these great ideas for change, for new processes. And number one, they are so far removed from the actual processes they want to implement that they'll never under, never understand the unintended consequences that, that come from it. Or number two, they try to institute processes or systems at, at much lower levels and they don't understand them, right? And that goes back to talking to the people who are working within these systems and processes, the frontline operators, those in the trenches, as I call them, right? Those are the ones who 
will have to find workarounds if you try to come up with a great idea and implement it. And it's not effective for, for them because they, don't, they didn't even get to put any input in the process or system. So I really like that quote. I, you know, I, I don't think, I can't think of any examples where in a leadership position or even a followers, followership position, I saw leaders trying to stealthily or co, co, coercively implement policies or, or systems or processes. I don't think I can come up with any examples of that. So I can't speak to the last part of that, that quote I read from Peter Schultz. Maybe you have some examples. I'm sure they're out there. Finally, my, my last quote, or the last quote I want to read from Peter Schultz. Without personal face-to-face relationships, there is no leadership. Leaders create and foster networks of personal relationships within the organization and between the organization and those on the outside. And I think about this, this quote as I, I have an interview tomorrow with uh, a good friend of mine, he is a doctor in the educational system. He's a principal. Uh, the, the interview should be live on Friday. And I think about all the, the human relationships that he has to establish in his world as a principal, board of directors, superintendent, teachers and administrators in other schools within the district, the students themselves, the, the other educators in his school, their families. I, I think about those kind of things that, you know, of, of creating those relationships, establishing those relationships as, as leaders. Remember, without a minimum of two people, you have no leadership. There is no relationship. And that's where I want to end with this episode. Think about those, those five things I read from Peter Schultz. I would love your feedback. If you have, uh, if you have experience within systems, systems thinking, reach out to me. Love to hear your feedback. Thanks for watching today's episode. Remember, Leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.